Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. All righty, we've got got intern Sid connected now. Sid, I want you to kind of... I want you to kind of lead us uh, uh, with uh, one of our first uh, conversations that you um, received. First off, I want to kind of get an overview of what you saw um, in Edinburgh when you went to the polls. Well, Edinburgh is definitely a smaller community, um, especially with classes uh, being held mainly online this semester. So I don't think... You know, had this been a normal year, had there been no COVID, I think the lines would have been a lot longer. I think the first thing I noticed was I had no trouble parking when I went to go interview people. The lines weren't crazy. Um, a couple people that didn't want to comment on air but spoke with me um, stated that, you know, they only had to wait about an hour in line to vote, which isn't too bad overall, I think. That's a, uh, that's a to- lot, though, Sid. An yeah. hour in line? Yeah, but to what I've heard from my parents back home and from some other people who are voting up in Erie who normally commute to Edinburgh that I'm friends with, they're waiting a lot longer than just an hour. Um, Yeah, I had zero wait. And, and, you know, it's interesting, too. uh, I've been I've been hearing, uh, you know, hearing about, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, Fulton County, Georgia. Right. And. They literally have less than 300 polling places in a county of millions of people. And we have well over 100 polling places in Erie County. It's, it's something like 170. or It's incredible. And so you, you're like, you scratch your head and say, how does that happen that, uh, that a county like Erie is just so well-resourced with polling opportunities – and down south, they are not. I mean, I, I have some ideas, but uh, uh, so you're saying uh, back home in Lancaster, as well as um, you know, some of your friends going uh, voting in the city, they're encountering significant lines. At least they did this morning. They are, and I I wonder if some of that is due to um, you know, here on campus, people are still taking classes, whether it's Zoom or in the building. So maybe when I went, which is was around like noon that's when there typically is a lull in classes so maybe it's people right all coming from class when they have the time to come out and vote but again that precinct down there is going to be mostly townies anyway you've got it, a lot yeah. you know you've got a lot of just college students who would like be like in your situation where you vote by mail back home and so that's that's remarkable that they would that you know that some of these people would wait that long. All right, I want to play Dan that you talked to, and so let's listen to Dan. Okay. So is this your first time voting? This is my second time voting. And do you have any concerns as this election is a little bit different than our previous one with the COVID nineteen crisis? And I don't have any concerns in this small town of Edinburgh because they like seeing how everyone's following the guidelines, and especially when you get it into the polling booth, it's really well managed so i feel pretty safe about it here but other places i could imagine would be much much more uh, of a concern and do you have any concerns for election night later tonight i know there's a lot of confusion on whether the votes are going to be in on time or how long it's going to take to count with all the mail-ins i just know that 
tonight and throughout this week we're going to see history it's going to be in textbooks um so yeah i have concerns especially when i'm on tiktok and i see like videos of like every major city boarded up that's something that i feel like is new to american politics because every year you really do just come in and vote for two different people so the fact that this has to get to these measures is something alarming to me and i hope we get some norms back in american politics uh, this guy is is well informed, but I got to tell you, I'm 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 like I'm like stump, dumbfounded right now. I'm a news junkie, but I would never think to go to TikTok for my news. Sid, what's going on with your generation? I honestly don't know, and I think it's because a lot of my generation does not trust mainstream media. There's a lot of mistrust oh, in mainstream man. media, and not that TikTok is a good source. But a lot of times it's just people walking around on the street with their phone out. And sometimes you can trust that a little bit more if you're just looking for what's happening rather than it coming from reporting. So I know I've seen things. I don't have TikTok personally, but on Instagram, um, on Reddit, on a bunch of different websites, I have seen that footage of um, big stores like Hermes and Louis Vuitton and Kate Spade being uh, boarded up in the D.C. area. So That's crazy. Yeah, not something I've ever seen in another election in my lifetime. Let's get another uh, Let's get another voice to weigh in here. Jezri Friend, he is a political consultant <laughs> and part of uh, Manufacturers Association. Jezri, thanks for coming on. All right, so... Uh, what do you? What's your what's your take right now on turnout on this election day? Hey guys, thanks for the quick minute. And I gotta start off. Don't look at TikTok, kids. Don't be getting your news yeah. and political advice from TikTok. Isn't that right incredible? Day. It's incredible. The fella you interviewed, uh, well done, good interview, and he did seem to have uh, some understanding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Turnout. Let's talk turnout. I got a few hot takes I want to hit you all with. Yes. Um, kind of the narrative is holding true. The morning was in was a, quite a rush that everyone was like, oh, boy, here it comes. You know, here comes that tidal wave of folks. And then it slowed down, right? Everywhere in the, in the morning was packed. I am um, where I live in West Mill Creek. I live right next to, I won't get too detailed, but a fire station where I can walk out my door and go vote as I do every election. And I'm number two. At, you know, right before seven, I walk over, peek my head out at 7.03, and there's already a line out the door and into the road. And I've never seen that. Um, wow. So I was like, wow, I'll, I'll go later. And I, and I did, you know, about an hour and a half ago, of which there was no line, but it's still trickling. I'm at a, a location in Mill Creek now, and it's a similar story. Um, it's not a dull, but it's trickling constantly. There's always someone walking in, walking out. Um, this will be interesting. I think what should be noted about turnout is yes, it seems larger, but we got to remember, and I think you alluded to earlier is mail-in ballots have already been cast by a lot of folks. Absolutely. A lot of people I know both sides of the aisle, um, have turned that in. Now here's some, uh, you heard it here first kind of stuff. So, uh, with some of my work, uh, I've been privy to some inside data info and then I saw some of these numbers change a bit, but of note, as we look at the presidential race as a whole, um, of those that requested a mail-in ballot ahead of time, Pennsylvania is the lowest in returning those ballots of the six main swing states. So what does that mean, right? Um, 
statistically just a pure numbers game. More Democrats uh, did request than Republicans. So does that mean uh, there's been going to be a lower Dem turnout or not? We'll all know for sure in a couple of weeks. But I do think it's of no. So when we see the surge in that trickling out, could the surge be GOP voters and not so much Democrat voters? Again, we'll all know in a couple of weeks. The other thing to note is some of the folks I know and I follow um, out of Philadelphia. Right now, the Philadelphia Democratic Committee was putting out internally uh, their turnout goal where they want to be. They're 6% short right now where they should be in the afternoon. Interesting. So that's telling as well, if you have a higher turnout in the suburbs, you know, like the Erie's and the Scranton's of the world, but also suburbs of Pittsburgh we need to be looking at, right? So if Philly isn't going to have a, a solid day like they did in 2008 and in 2012 with the Obama administration, the Alabama, if you will, of the rest of the state could boost those numbers and, again, get us to a point where maybe Pennsylvania is in play. Wow. Um, This is interesting. Did you did you get a sense? And again, we 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 want to invite all the candidates to call if they're out on the road uh, stumping and stuff. uh, Call the call the studio line six, seven, nine, ten, eighty. But Jesuit, did you get a sense that uh, down ballot uh, people are not interested in even talking about it? There's very little motivation. It's all about Trump. No Trump. It, It really isn't even. So much, I love this Joe Biden guy. It's, it's, it is, yeah. we need an absolute change, or I absolutely love this guy. That's what I was hearing today. Well, sure. I, I have two caveats to that. One, it's already documented that over, it was something like 58% of Biden supporters, this was a month ago, so I don't know what the number looks like now, 58% of those that were committed, they know for sure we're voting for Biden. But 58% of those are saying it was only an anti-Trump vote. It wasn't that they actually cared for the guy. Um, In fact, that number was closer to 9%. So what's interesting is if Joe Biden were to win today or in the next couple of days, only 9% of those who support him are doing it because they like where he stands on policy, which is not very representative at all of, of the country. So just kind of an interesting statistical anomaly. The other caveat, my second one, Joel, would be Yes, the down the ballot, unfortunately, man, they just get lost in all this. And Erie is the only outlier where I'll say the state Senate race does have some attention. Right. Right. Uh, and and that's got national money. What I have ne- I, again, I must be so yeah, naive unreal. to this stuff, uh, Jezri. I I'm I didn't realize that people were going to cocktail parties in L.A. to pay for you know, voters in Erie County for the 49th district. Yeah, it's a real thing. Uh, When you get, and when they say dark money, that question was asked in the uh, debate I participated with on JET the other night. And, you know, the candidate said, no, that didn't happen. But a simple look at open records in the State Department shows that's that's not accurate. Um, You know, for instance, you know, the Capitol Watch is a fund that the governor himself throws money into um, to the tune of several hundred thousand dollars just into this race directly from the governor's pocket um, that they're able to put in these bigger packs where they don't have to really, you know, as we get kind of that dark money kind of thing. But yes, lots of money, unreal. It's probably record money, I would say, for a state Senate race, at least in our area of the world. Um, I believe Laughlin had doubled or so. I don't quote me on that, but I'm speculating 
it's around double both sides what was spent four years ago. Well, yes, but yeah, and, and a lot of a lot of Wagner money there uh, uh, yep. for the senator. That's not there this time, and he was able to kind of compensate for that. So yeah. That's interesting to know. I got to uh, ask so you yeah, something so, here because yeah. it's bugging me, and, and, and you're a consultant, and I have okay. you as a captured audience, so I got to find this out. Again, I, you know that I'm a radio guy from way back since I was 17 years old. I've been on the radio, right? When you take that, when you take that three million dollars that was spent by two candidates. And yeah. literally, no, not one dime was spent, not only with this station, but no radio station in the 49th district. Really? You know, how, th- to me, that seems short-sighted when you consider that some people will never see your TV ad. They're light television. They say that 30, yeah. 38, 38% of voters are light TV viewers. And so, like, why it wouldn't you buy – you, with 5% of the budget, you could dominate every radio station in the market. Is so, there something yeah, that I don't know about with, with these uh, air wars on television? I mean, maybe I just don't understand it, Jezri. <laughs> well, that's accurate, and your frustration is noted and understandable because, as we both know – uh, radio advertising, kind of a plug for you, is a lot cheaper than TV a- advertising. And if you're listening to this, you're listening to the advertising that goes along with it. Right. Um, yeah, that seems to, I guess, as an apologist kind of way to explain that, I, I don't justify it. An explanation of that would be, uh, you know, some of these decisions aren't being made by the candidates; they're being made by handlers who don't live in Erie, right? Well, yeah, um, but it, 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 but so what is the prevailing uh, narrative with those handlers that radio doesn't work at all? I mean, again, are they not buying radio in Cleveland or Pittsburgh or Philly? Right. Um, I don't know what their reason is. I can tell you personally. I actually, this is I ran into a real interesting gentleman. Uh, it was in the end of September, and I had breakfast with this guy, and it was completely by accident. Um, but we were in a similar place, and it just happened to be the, who this guy was. And he ran the radio ad specifically for Black Americans for Trump. That was the organization he's with. Okay. He was the, the treasurer, so he made all the, the actual purchasing. And his target is a little bit off topic, but his topic was specifically hitting up in you know more um, urban and pop culture and pop uh, stations in big cities, swing states only. And that said, all of his budget was going right to that no TV. So what a polarization to what you just said yes. and to what this group is doing. That super targeting would work very well. All right, let me pivot again. So I want to know who you're looking at, what counties – because like let's yeah. let's just keep it to PA, right? PA 20, yep. it, it could be literally uh, – we, we're talking that we could be at 269 to 269 uh, if we're not careful here. Uh, the political inside of me says how exciting for history to hit that. <laughs> um, but that would be such a... It's 2020. Why not? We deserve that. We we, we, deserve, we, we deserve the House of Representatives to choose our president, right? No, 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 no. All right. What what are you looking at countywide? And, and when will yeah. we know PA, do you think? Oh, God. When will we know PA? Maybe Friday? If okay. we're lucky, yeah. Um, all the stuff going on is crazy. I will say, uh, we should be looking at the Pittsburgh suburbs to see how we think the statewide's going to go. We like Westmoreland County, Pittsburgh kind of Pittsburgh. like Westmoreland or yeah, Fayette County. Look at Beaver County. Yeah, uh, Butler County. Here's something interesting in Butler. You know, they're kind of this own. They're on their island in Butler. I know a lot of folks down there, 
And they kind of, we're not Pittsburgh, we're our own thing, but their population's a little bigger than Erie County. Right. Um, they had 50,000 people actually, for uh, Donald Trump the other night, too. That's what I'm hitting at. <laughs> so you talk about, is there is there not momentum? Shoot, maybe there is. And so that's the thing, it's hard to measure. Momentum's a real thing, just like in sports. Um, momentum always favors uh, the incumbent. Incumbent always kind of has that. You know, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Right. Um, what about the collar counties in Philly? Could they uh, precipitate a blue wave that sweeps over the state? Or will, or will there be so much in that Alabama T, if you will, that uh, that yeah. thwarts that? Uh, we won't know for sure. I think there's other thing is, you know, with polling, polling that why it was so inaccurate in 2016 was there were so many first time new voters. Yeah. Marginalized voters. And those people didn't go turn out in the midterms. Those people didn't go turn out again for the off year, which I don't like that term, but elections, you know, and that's why you had, you have the, the democratic house now because of, because of the lack of turnout in 18 is what you're saying, right? For sure. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. I will say this, but here's my, my reasons. If, if Trump wins, we don't, you know, it's so hard to tell, right? If he wins, it's going to be purely on fundamentals, just like in basketball. This is my, 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 I'm, I'm pretty firm on this. And there's four campaign fundamentals that would be the reason why Trump would win if he does. One is voter registration. We saw the PAGOP net over 200,000 uh, new registrations than the Democrats. Now, they both had more than that, but they netted that, right? Right. Trump won statewide only by 44,000 votes. That gives you a little bit of a buffer. Now, the, the, the general pushback is, well, a lot of those were Democrats that were already voting kind of Republican and they're just switching it. They're probably right to some degree, but it can't be all of them. So voter registrations, one. Number two is ground game. Uh, the Trump administration, both the Republican National Committee and the local ones that we saw had uh, a more clear ground game getting doors than the Biden campaign did. Some of that's COVID related. Some of that's uh, motivation from volunteers. And and the, and the, the, the Democrat... Uh... Uh, sources that I listen to are very bummed about all that. They're frustrated yeah. that there was not significant ground game under the guise of COVID. Go ahead. Number three, sir. Ground game was big for the Hillary race in, in, in um, 2016, and the local party recognized that. Yeah. As you can see, the Biden signs are much more prevalent, but again, no ground game. Um, number three is a failure by the opposition to present a clear plan. Now, I don't mean... Biden doesn't have his plan and saying the ability to communicate it in a way that without Googling, you should know exactly where we know Biden stands on things. We have heard mixed messages on tracking and energy. He was this, he was not that. And it has changed by the month. So whether he stands on one this way now or not, we don't know for sure, but it's still a common denominator. It's an unclear strategy. Everyone knows where Trump stands on stuff, right. but it's unclear. And number four, and this kind of goes back to ground game is, and we really won't know how this plays out until next week is turning out the base. The anti-candidate vote doesn't always motivate and mobilize voters like a value proposition does. So can you turn out your base that are just going to come out and, and vote for your party's candidate? And something to be noted this go-round, this is the first time in Pennsylvania, uh, Joel, that we don't have straight-ticket voting in PA. Yes, That was yes. a decision made last, 
last year. That was the compromise position there, wasn't it? The compromise to get the mail-ins. Last question for Jesuit Friend, because we're running out of time. Uh, Erie County, super consequential or just kind of one of the the big counties that they're looking at? I say Erie. I love Erie. I'm a a product of Erie. I love Erie. I love our sunsets. We are extremely important. We will always be extremely important. And we'll know exactly how that kind of turns out soon. Um, the numbers, I caution everyone to be patient because at the end of tonight, Trump will be ahead by a lot in a lot of places. But as those mail-in votes are counted in the next couple of days, they will change. That doesn't mean there's fraud. It just means they're getting counted now. Yeah. So be patient with everyone. Uh, thank the people who are taking time out of their day to work their polls and doing their civic duty. And uh, I thank everyone who took the time to vote. And I do believe we'll have the highest. I think we'll set a record this week with highest all-time voter participation. I really do. That that's that is really remarkable to think about that. Uh, that we will set a a a record for, for you know of of all participation. That's amazing stuff. Jesuit friend, uh, thank you so much again. Uh, uh, we'll be looking. All, I, I mean, do you think that we're going to have a a post-election show tomorrow, or is it going to be like yeah. halftime? <laughs> well, we, no, we could. Because there's a lot of things that we'll know. Here's my thing. I don't call it a bellwether, but I think it's kind of reading the tea leaves. Look at North Carolina tonight. Yeah. Right? Me, yeah. Out I know North Carolina wasn't on the docket, but if North Carolina goes blue for Biden, it's going to be telling that there's real, this is my two cents, there's going to be real, I don't know, sentiment or desire for a Biden elsewhere. Um, so that could be really big. If he wins, and we'll know North Carolina because they're counting their votes ahead of time, we'll know probably by 10 o'clock for sure who won North Carolina. If it goes blue, that could be huge for Biden. If it goes red, that doesn't mean at all it's going to be huge for Trump. It just means there may not actually be that that voter motivation for Biden elsewhere, and it's all still in the shambles. So it could be huge for Biden, or it could mean nothing at all for Trump. But check out North Carolina. We'll know Florida. We should know Arizona. I do think Florida is going to go red. I was there a couple of weeks ago and talked to some folks. It's going red. Um, what about this Georgia thing? It'll go red. Okay. Stacey Abrams did her thing. Um, it is interesting. It's to be noted, but uh, it's too much of a jump this go around for them. And maybe I'm dead wrong and everyone can make fun of me tomorrow and I'll eat my hat. But well, Georgia that's how it's going to go, Carolina is it? That's how it's going to go, Jezri, is, is that uh... – that as each one goes uh, red, it's like, okay, well, what's he going to do on the other one? It's, it doesn't mean that Biden is going to necessarily lose. It's just all, you know, yeah. Trump has to sweep right. all of these, right? Not all of them. I mean, he can lose PA, then he kind of has to get, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Uh, yeah. I will say this I really think PA. And Minnesota or Michigan, rather, are completely 50 50 to go either way. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. I think Minnesota is going to go red. I know some folks up there. Whoa. And purely by data, purely by motivation. And if you look trajectory, if you go back to your fundamentals and look how some of these counties in Minnesota has been going more conservative through the years, it's very telling. And the stronghold of St. Paul and Minneapolis up there, right? Yeah. Their population, which is really the Democrats, just like Philly does the PA, really pulls everything left. Their population has been leaving in mass over the last four years. Mm-hmm. So there's, those cities are smaller, and the urban area or the uh, you know, outside lanes have been growing stronger. It could be the perfect storm for Minnesota to go red for the first time in 
since what the second time for Reagan. We want to welcome to the microphone the uh, supervisor from Harbor Creek uh, Township, <laughs> Dean Pepicello. Uh, Dean, uh, how are you, sir? Good to good to have you on for another election day. Doing fine, kids. What a day, huh? <laughs> it, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, I am. I'm, I am hearing that uh, uh, clip, so we'll have to figure that out. But all right, let's start with. You know, just kind of overall observations. Um, have you seen a presidential race this, you know, this totally emotionally charged as this one here? Uh, no, no. And I, I guess you and I have seen a lot of presidential races. Um, probably not. I think that we all think that the last presidential race we were involved in was that you've never seen anything like it. You know, I think we say that probably every four years, let's be honest. Um, but no, and that's that's really related to Donald Trump. I mean, it's just that's kind of what he brings to the table is is a ton of emotion for people on both sides. And I think you're seeing it today in, in pretty big turnout so far. huh? Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, when you think about all of those people that sent in a mail-in ballot, we're talking over almost 50,000 ballots in Erie County alone. Uh, that's a lot of motivation, a lot of, uh, you know, you know, a lot of uh, enthusiasm and charge for whoever candidate they were supporting. Yeah, I think it's just different until we until it's all said and done and everything's counted and we really deal with the percentage, um, you know, you really know. So people are voting differently. Does it mean more people are voting or less people are voting? We, we don't we won't know that uh, until the end of the day and maybe beyond. Um, but I'm I'm guessing we get to that. We'll probably push 70 percent, I would think, which is amazing because next year will probably be 25 percent. You know, it's funny how that works out. But uh, um, it just depends who turns out, really, no matter how they voted, I think, in this one. How about city versus county? Uh, we saw a lot of activity in the city. I, w- I was over at Grover Cleveland. They were saying, you know, when the city does 25 percent, we do 40 percent. There's a lot of enthusiastic voters. Uh, will, will you expect strong outcome or strong, you know, a strong force for Biden coming out of the city of Erie? I think – Again, been around a lot of countywide elections. They all went the same, Joel. Every so the numbers, the polls close and the numbers come in, and the Democratic candidate is far, far ahead. And they report the numbers, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, you know this race is over," and and, and whatever. And as the night goes on, and the numbers from further out trickle in. Again, when we did this kind of traditionally, uh, that you saw typically the Republican candidates creep up, creep up. Sometimes they win, sometimes uh, they lose. So is that going to happen this time? I, I don't. Again. I, so it always happened that way. Four years ago, now all of a sudden Erie County, always blue, flips red. So how how can anyone predict at all? How can you Even if you were to look now, if you did uh, polling that goes on during the day, if you looked at the registration of the people who, who voted already, what does that tell you? I, I'm not sure what it tells you because in 2016 it told you nothing. Nothing. Because a lot of Democrats voted for Donald Trump. They just did. I mean, that's how Erie turned red. So I don't see how anybody can make a prediction in Erie County uh, at this point on Election Day. But what about the polls? I mean, at least statewide, the polls show, you know, these these big margins. How could they get it wrong again? (laughs) I, you know, I don't know. I I've done polling for myself in my own races. And I'm telling you, Joel, when you do it right, it is incredibly accurate. I'm telling you, give me, 
I'll take 100 people in a township of 17,000 people where 5,000 will vote. You give me 100 people. And, and if they all answer the phone and they all answer truthfully and you answer, you ask them the right questions and you do a perfect cross section of who's going to show up, you, you're going to get the answer. You're going to know whether or not you're going to win or lose. I, I have been incredibly accurate in my polling. It's turned out exactly how things have played out. So I don't know what goes on at the bigger levels. I don't know who they're calling. I don't know what they're asking. I don't. Polling, when done correctly, is accurate, Joel. That's all I can tell you at any level. What What about issues? <laughs> is this all about a, a character <laughs> indictment of Donald Trump, or is this about COVID nineteen? Well, I, I think COVID will be. I think COVID will be the number one issue, depending you are. I think it will be a big deal in Pennsylvania because Tom Wolf, right, wrong or indifferent, took fairly drastic measures early on uh, and went a long time with those measures. Again, right, wrong or indifferent. So I think COVID will be a big issue. Uh, I think that the Trump campaign would like fracking and energy to be a big issue uh, in Pennsylvania. Will it in Erie County? I don't know. Um, but clearly they think it's going to be a big deal. But at the end of the day, this is absolutely a referendum on on Donald Trump. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind. And, and I think you have to be honest here. When was the last time, Joel, that the country voted for a president that they weren't enthused about? And you can't tell me that people are enthused about Joe Biden. You can't. It's not there. The enthusiasm isn't there. Doesn't mean they don't like him. Doesn't mean they don't want him to be president. But the enthusiasm isn't there. When was the last time this country voted for a president they were not enthused about, Joel? Because I can't remember one. You're exactly right. I mean, again, Barack Obama was this historic moment in in our country and really around the world. And so people just flocked to the polls to to support him. Um, and and I'm not sure you could say that, uh, you know, that as far as a, a, a you know, a voting against a guy, I, I'm not sure we've we've had that maybe since uh, George H.W. because he's he kind of went went off on his tax pledge. Uh, we our phone lines are open while we're talking to Dean 814-679-1080, 814-679-1080. You want to weigh in with your voting experience or so on. Um, the what about this uh, approach? You know, COVID has definitely affected the approach of campaigning. Joe Biden, very, very tight. Uh, even even with his wife coming to town, they invited 70 people, and that's all that she talked to. Whereas, you know, Trump, Trump had 10,000, 12,000. Uh, Pence has 300 at the airport. Uh, you know, I, I remember going to see George, uh, George W. Bush at the airport, and that hangar was full. Of course, that was a non-COVID event. But still, um, this is different this year. Yeah, and, that, and that's what tells me to your last question, that COVID is the big issue because clearly the Biden campaign has played it far differently than the Trump campaign. Uh, obviously, minimal rallies, quote unquote. Um, the strangest thing I've ever heard are speeches and and all we're seeing is the candidate on stage and you're hearing honking, honk, honk. It's the strangest <laughs> in my in my life. And Trump, uh, obviously, that campaign's been very, very different. So on the national stage, you have to know, certainly the Biden campaign thinks that COVID's a big deal because they're making it a big deal in the campaign. Trump, it's, it's business as usual. It's been fascinating to watch the, the differences. And then locally, it's changed because there is not a lot of door-to-door. -door. There have been surrogates and there have been lit drops and certainly a lot of mail pieces and whatnot. Should, should have been a lot more radio, <laughs> uh, ironically. 
Um, but you haven't seen the door to door. The events obviously aren't there. It, is, it is really has changed, uh, certainly the local campaigning and it changed what the Biden campaign did, which leads me to believe that they think COVID is a huge issue. Obviously, it is. I still think it's the number one issue today, but it but it hasn't changed what Trump has done. That's for sure. Hang on a second, Dean. Let's grab a phone call. Caller, you're live with our election coverage here on Talk Yuri. Hi, Joel. Julie Slomsky. How are you? How are you, Julie? Glad, glad that you called in. Appreciate that. What, Absolutely. What, thank, thank you for the invite. What, do you, what, do you, what are you seeing uh, on the polls? What, what, do you like what you're seeing uh, uh, as you go Absolutely. around the county? Go ahead. For, for sure. For sure. I mean, first off, it's a, it's a beautiful sunny day and, and folks are just, you know, standing in line and, and you know, there's no, no hostility no frustration. Folks are patiently waiting to vote, and I think it's a great thing. And it's like, you know just great to see folks, you know, out with their mask on, keeping their distance, and you know, taking their right to vote seriously. So, uh, coming into the weekend, you know, it's been it's it's been you know a lot a lot of air wars on television. Uh, you know, a lot of getting out the vote. Uh, how, you know. What you know? What's the you know? What what are you anticipating here? What are you, what are you looking at? You know, what kind of precincts do you have to overperform in, or and so on? Yeah, I mean, we're hoping for some some great numbers in, in the city of Erie, and, and we've you know had high turnout at all the precincts that are you know on, on our radar in terms of where we need to make sure we have a, a you know phenomenal performance. So we're pretty happy with the turnout there. Uh, obviously, happy. You know, the turnout in Milk Creek Township, uh, Summit Township, where we've done you know pretty solid in the primary. Uh, but again, it, it's you know there's still still anybody's ball game at this point in time. It's hard to say you know where people end up do casting their vote because again, this is the first year where you can't vote straight ticket. Uh, so you know just just really hoping to uh, you know take advantage of just the nice weather and hoping to get more folks out and hoping our supporters are ready and, and out to vote. There is this big X factor of of these mail in ballots. Uh, again, nobody. Uh, do you even do you even know how many are from registered Republicans, registered Democrats? Do we have that split available to us? I, you know, I'm I'm not sure if they have that the split available between Republicans and Democrats at at this point. Um, I, I'm you know I'm, I'm more waiting on to you know once everything is finalized in terms of what's what's verified as returned or what have you to see what we have at that point, but. I, I, you know, I believe in the process, and and I'm I'm sure it'll be a, a fair and, and transparent process. And you know, it might take a few days, but again, it, it'll all be worth it. I think in the end. And you know, folks had just different options to vote this year. You know, if they want to vote in, in person, they, they're doing it today, and make sure they're safe. If they wanted to vote in person at the courthouse, you know, prior to election day, they had that opportunity. And of course, a lot of folks took advantage of that mail-in ballot. So I yeah. think it was great that we had three opportunities to vote this year. How in the world did the 49th become kind of the linchpin? district for you know quote a blue wave if it's going to happen right right i mean we just i think we're just you know so lucky with that opportunity to be able to you know be the seat to flip the state senate and and you know we're we're four seats away and just you know honored to have the spotlight on us and i I think as lieutenant governor has said over and over again we are the bellwether so goes erie county so goes the commonwealth and so goes the rest of the u.s so I just think it's just been, been great, just all, all the national attention, all the coverage we've been receiving. We had folks come in from Oregon to help us out wow. the past couple of days. It, it's just been fantastic. Well, we wish you well, Julie. I really appreciate you, you checking in. Julie Slomsky, uh, Democratic candidate for state Senate. Again, the polls are open for another three hours and uh, 40 minutes. So there's still, mm-hmm. there's still lots of time to get, get your ballot in, right? You got it. That's for sure, Joel. All righty. Take care of yourself. We'll uh, we'll see how it goes tonight. Thanks again. Appreciate it.
honestly, uh, Dean, and you watch this stuff, Dean Pepicello from Harbor Creek Township, you're, you're a political watcher. We really, it really takes about an hour before that first posting, right, coming from uh, Doug Smith and the election board. Yeah, I, I think it will tonight. There's just there, there has to be so much confusion down there, and I know they'll get through it. Um, but it, it's just it's going to take time. I think everybody has to be patient. You know, I, I've heard and I know you asked this question uh, earlier, Jezrae, and, and I know it's something we've talked about. Uh, oh, is it going to be a week before we know anything? I think really the the, the voters will decide when we know. Uh, that's, it's a landslide either way tonight. Uh, you know, we might have traditional returns like we know, even though there'll be obviously more ballots to be counted. That happens all the time, not to this number. So I think the, the, the voters today will decide how long this thing this thing takes for us to know. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, Doug Smith told us that um, he's going to have 10,000 ballots of mail ballots counted tonight by by 11 o'clock or midnight and so and then they'll start all over again the issue is not necessarily erie county dean but like you know like butler's not even gonna try until tomorrow to start canvassing it's insane yeah yeah like you said it's it's we've never seen anything like it um we all just have to be patient uh they'll get it right uh, again assuming there isn't fraud <laughs> right uh they'll they'll get it right it just takes a little it may take a little longer uh, than normal. Uh, this is a fun one to live through. Uh, I got to be honest, uh, you know, we'll, we'll all be telling uh, relatives for years that we, we were here then. So uh, I guess we're blessed that way. Let's grab another phone call. Uh, caller, you're live with Joel Natale here on Election Day. How you doing, Joel? It's Greg Hayes. Hey, Greg. How are you, sir? Glad that you called Not in. Bad. How's, yeah, how's things bad. looking in the third district for you? Things are looking very up. I'm very impressed by the turnout. It's amazing to see this many people at the polls. What What do you think is the prevail? I mean, again, everybody's motivated by the top of the ticket, but uh, what What are some of the prevailing issues that you're seeing uh, that pertain to your district, Mill Creek, uh, McCain, Edinburgh? I mean, we've been asked the, the entire gamut of all kinds of possibilities. And the more we talk with them, the more I'm hearing uh, – Obviously, the opening, uh, what to do with the COVID uh, crisis as we're going through it with the governor, that seems to be one of the largest ones that people want to talk to me about. It, it, it really, basically, that, that struggle between uh, between the legislature and the governor, that, that seems to be got, got people up in a tizzy, isn't it, Greg? That's the one. That's the one that seems to be right on the tip of everybody's tongue as they're speaking with me. And, you know, I mean, it's it's never an easy situation, but it does, it's something that we have to address. We just the way the people are right now, you can tell in the personalities of the people even when you talk to them. It, it, people are tired. They're tired, and they're also out of work. I mean, we still have sig- significantly high unemployment here, almost nine percent in Erie County. Uh, it, you know, is there a plan for Republicans to kind of you know? you know, get that $1.3 billion of CARES Act money to get into people's pockets to save uh, save families here? Yes, we have to release that money. I mean, in the state of the way we're at, you know, when I read different articles, like I, I read at a local restaurant just to, you know, yesterday announcing as far as the end of their existence, you know, I mean, what's going to be left afterwards, whether or yeah. not we want to do this the right way. We want to do it in a safe way, but 
we have to get things open up and we have to get that CARES money to be able to help these families because they are just, they're, they survived how many different rounds of hopefulness where they thought they may be able to, and then sure enough, it would fall through again. We have to do something much more for them. And that's the one reason more than anything else that I've decided to get involved with this because, I mean, the inact- just the, the deals between the legislature and the governor, we just can't have that. Right now, this is about us. This is about our families. Hey, I got I to gotta ask you about the, the uh, you know, the rallies at, at North Coast here. Have you found a new profit center for those hangers as a, like a, as a wedding venue, like a, an event venue for yourself there? I somehow don't see them as a profit center. I see them as, <laughs> as a lot of work. There's, a, you know, whether, uh, you know, whoever we've had come in there. I mean, the amount of preparation and everything that these guys do out here is just amazing. And, I mean, people just, they see the, the final product, but you just don't have any idea how much work goes into that. Yeah, your guys were working, and, and just the sheer amount of dollars spent. I mean, when you look at all that mm. equipment, those, those uh, from everything from the lifts to the lights to the, to the staging and all the extra power, that is just nutso what all goes into one of those it's rallies. Crazy. It's crazy what it has turned into. I mean, it's great for the people. They love it. Everybody gets but it is just when you start letting in trucks or something just as basic as you know something like that through the gate yeah and you start realizing how much stuff is going in here it's it's quite amazing to see all right obviously the the people have responded absolutely give your give your best uh, shout out for folks to get to the polls here in the next three and a half hours Please, people, one thing we can say is this is going to be a record-breaking number. Be a part of it. Get out. Make your voice heard. We need to hear from each and every one of you. Yes, 50% sounds like a lot, and it will be, but there's still 50% of you that aren't. So please, go on out and vote. Thanks so much, Greg Hayes, Republican candidate for the 3rd District State House. Appreciate you checking in with us today. Uh, be safe, Thank sir. You. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Greg. Thank you. All right. Uh, we got about two minutes left with Dean Pepicello. Uh, Dean, uh, again, we're hearing, from, we're hearing from these candidates here. They're engaged. They're, you know, this doesn't stop till 8 o'clock. Tell us about your experience. You know, I mean, I mean how much effort on Election Day does it take? Uh, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, you're already exhausted because, you know, the days leading up or, you know, if, if you're doing it right, uh, you're out all day and night, you're doing everything you can um, there. And they'll never say this. They're all glad it's over. That's what that's what you'll hear. You, you won't hear them say that out loud today because you don't work this hard to say people to, to say, hey, thank goodness it's over. But they're all saying that privately into each other. Um, so they're exhausted and you find the energy it gets really cold. The November as it gets the sun goes down here early. Uh, it gets really cold. You've been going and going and going, and now you're freezing to death and trying to get those last few voters. It's, it's a difficult stretch here the last few hours. What about that whole watching on TV or or having your person down at the courthouse calling in your numbers and stuff? It, I mean, that's got to be nerve-wracking for the candidate. Well, mo- most of the candidates um, will have uh, their poll watchers do it, so they'll run around and grab numbers as they're posted or they'll already be at the polling place. The candidates will know long before the rest of us tonight. 
Dean Pepicello, the Harbor Creek Township Supervisor, with us. He's our uh, political analyst and expert on the special Election Day program here uh, for the Joel Natale Show. Our phone number, 814-679-1080. Dean, we've got to talk about these rallies and the whole concept of an enthusiasm gap. Do you see one existing, or is there as much um, power behind the Biden ticket as there is behind the Trump ticket? Yeah, and that's it. And there's, I mean, that, and there's what decides the election, Joel. And I'm not, it, it's hard to say there isn't an enthusiasm gap. How could you not? Um, but I, you know, I don't know. Um, I tell you this, I saw a lot of women in line today and it's a, it's a really small snapshot in Harbor Creek because we kind of made our way around. Um, and, and so I think that's going to be key. Where do those go? I, uh, I had said, I don't know, a month ago or when we were on that, um, that I thought there were people who hadn't made up their minds. And I heard later, uh, I thought Paul had a very fair criticism of me and said, Hey, I think he's crazy, which, you know, I, I totally understand. But my, my point was not that people hadn't necessarily knew both candidates and hadn't made up their mind. It's that there are the, maybe the suburban mothers who probably generally have conservative ideals and might lean more right than left, but can they get past Donald Trump being the guy who he is and all the things that come with him that he gets criticized for and can they vote for him? That was more of my point. Um, and, and so I, I think that will be the key today. Yep. The rallies are important, but it's always going to be who turns out. It really is. Joel. Paul, I want you to weigh in on this because this is key here. I, what I was hearing <laughs> and what we continue to hear is that you could like every one of this guy's policies, but he is just, so uh, such a person that they just cannot stomach. Yeah. I mean, it's that like New York arrogance, you know, that it just rubs people the wrong way. And I think that, you know, yeah, it's just, and Dean, I, I totally said that out of love. Of course. Oh. You know. <laughs> yeah. <don't be> <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. But, yeah. I mean, I just don't, I just can't imagine that there were people that were undecided. It's just such a polarizing uh, election this time. It's, it's crazy. Like I've never, I mean, I'm not very old, but you know, I, I just, I've never seen anything like this. It's just, it's amazing to me. Yeah. Conflicted was a better word probably than undecided. And I think that's still going on today. I think there are conflicted people in line right now. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I agree with that. hundred percent. Yeah. That, especially that conservative vote, the, the true real conservative people that, you know, especially the Christian conservative, you know, bunch, you know, they they are voting on that platform and it's tough to vote for somebody with that personality. So it's that's it's a real conf conflicted thing to me, I think. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the, the question is, if they can get past the personality, does the policy rise to the occasion? And for some folks, it doesn't rise. It, it, it's 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 the personality. All right. Let, let's uh, pivot here because we don't have a ton of time. I want to talk about down the ballot here or you know uh it, let's th let's talk about congress for a second here we don't have a senate race here in in pennsylvania but the senate is in play right now and it looks it could look very dark for the for the republicans can it dean um yeah and and you look at it you look at i think the number is like 90 percent that as the presidency goes the senate goes and I know every state is different and all of those things. So they, they do tend to follow uh, how the presidency goes. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's going to be a play. Listen, a blue wave changes this country uh, in incredible ways and a red wave, the, the same thing. Will it be that? I don't, I don't know, but I think the Senate will follow the presidency. It just, it always does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 2008 was supposed to be, you know, that kind of total blue wave and, and it was for two years. And then there was that huge Tea Party backlash, right? Uh, and 2010 was this consequential election. You know, Mike Kelly uh, supplanted uh, Kathy Dahlkepper. She was a single-termer. Um, let's let's talk about that race. Uh, Christy Ganibis, brand-new candidate. Um, hard hard to uh, make uh, make a way south of Erie County. Again, if, if Ron DiNicola, with all of his re- name recognition – could get all those votes uh, out of Erie County in 2018 and still not, uh, you know, not hold back the hordes of Crawford and Mercer and Butler counties. That that's a just a tough deal, isn't it, Dean? Uh, it certainly is, and and I think down the stretch here, you didn't see a whole lot. There wasn't a lot of money thrown in uh, to that race on the on the on either side. To be honest, um, I think that one's far from being you know in doubt. It would take a, I said this a month ago, it would take a massive blue wave for uh, uh, candidate Canibus to win. I, I, you know, I feel the same way, the same way tonight. So I, that's just, it's an uphill battle. You're right because of the, because of the way the district is drawn. And yeah, here we are, you know, it, it's a total opposite now with the, the Slomsky Laughlin race is one that we'll be analyzing for years because I think they're going to push $4 million in that thing, Joel. I know it's three has been reported, but that doesn't include the last week or whatever. Um, and they seem to be on every every break on TV and whatever and, and all the mailers. I think they're going to push four million dollars in a Pennsylvania state Senate race. Have we ever said that before? Yeah, we don't we don't spend that kind of money on the mayor's race on any kind of countywide. You don't spend that money in, in the congressional races. What is it? I mean, they really they 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 really are, are kind of tasting the possibility of turning the state Senate blue. Yeah, and it's the registration issue. I mean, it's still, there are far more Democrats than Republicans. There just are. So I think they say to themselves, well, A, it should be a Democrat in that seat, uh, you know, and, and, and B, it can't happen again. I mean, it can't go red again. They have to be thinking that. Uh, so I think those two things, listen, you don't throw money like that kind of money in a race. You don't think you can win. But all of the polling tells us, you know, that that Laughlin should be fine here tonight, but yet they spent all the way to the end. I will be fascinated to see those numbers. Oh, oh, me too. That That is the race that literally everybody's going to be watching, and certainly we will be. It, 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 I, it, just, it just is, like, remarkable to think that, uh, again, you've got people from all over the country looking at this particular district. Uh, to me, honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that they thought that that particular incumbent was vulnerable. Again, understanding that he's a, a one-termer. But, uh, I mean, this is the guy that, uh, I- instead of being, you know, you know, immersed in suburban politics, he goes right for... You know, building up the city, whether whether, you know, with the 14 million for the city school district or the, you know, pushing for the Chris in those low income, uh, you know, areas there. It, it, so it's just uh, it's just remarkable to to, to uh, try to understand. It's like trying to understand people on Wall Street. Right. I mean, uh, trying to understand the, 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 the political strategists for these things. My, my feeble yeah. <laughs> mind can't figure it out. No. And, and you know what? It, 
maybe they know something we don't know. You'd have to to throw that kind of money into a race. But if they throw that kind of money into this race and it comes out, it's it's 60, 40 or, or something. It's just literally they are wasting millions of dollars. Now, may not play out that way. Again, maybe they're maybe they're banking on on Biden coattails, that that's what they think, that there is going to be a blue wave in Erie County and all of Pennsylvania. They have to be banking on that. Maybe they're right. We'll find out soon enough. I find it hard to believe. I, I, I'm with you. It's just tough to think after the four years that Dan Laughlin has had, the endorsements he gets from teachers unions and and, uh, and, and all of those people from across the aisle, it, it would be hard to figure that that guy loses tonight. But in presidential elections, I'm glad I don't have to run in any because you get the 70 percent turnout and all these people who, who don't vote a whole lot and, you know, they come in and whatever. It's just. They're, they're crazy times. The presidential yeah. elections are the most unpredictable elections that there are, hands down. So maybe they're banking on those types of things. A lot of money to be spent on, on the IFCOM, that's for sure. Now, did you get to vote yet, uh, Dean? I did. Yeah, I went uh, late morning. All right. So I want to ask you because what – and we remarked on this in the first hour. That ballot is funky because it's got this – it's not microprint, but it's not dominant. It's some red print at the bottom that says flip flip ballot over or something like that. And and that's where your state Senate and state House races are. And I'm just wondering how how much undervote we're gonna have in in this in this area with that kind of design. It uh, it took me by surprise too, and I had looked at the ballot previously. That's the number one thing I have heard today is uh, when, when did I start voting in the Middle East? I mean, I think people are waiting to dip, dip their <laughs> How in the world can we go forward with technology except in Pennsylvania at voting time? And I know all this was about, you know, having a paper trail. I thought Shaney and Paul talking earlier about dealing with that that paper uh, hit it all right on the head. The, the ink spilling through and, and the two sides. And uh, I've had more calls today about that. Um, than about anything else uh, today. It just seems to me like we're going backwards. I, I get it. They want the paper trail, but it is. It's been odd to a lot of people today. I want to know what that municipal ballot's going to look like, you know, with <laughs> with how many, you know, primary candidates are going. I mean, you you might have to print it out like super long or something. I, I just doesn't, it do, I don't get it at all, you know? No. And the whole process takes longer. I hope the one thing that comes out of this is they find a way to have some sort of quote unquote paper trail on the electronic machines. Because I thought we finally got it right with the electronic voting machines. It was simple. I think people understood it. I think there was no fear of frauds not connected to the Internet, all that stuff. I, I just I, I can't believe this process. And it's made a long process even lengthier today. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's grab another call. Hello. You are live with Joel Natale on Election Day. Hey, George. Pete. <clears throat> Who's this Dean Pepicello guy? He's he's a good Italian guy from the East Side. I only know Tony Pepicello. <laughs> I've never heard of a Dean Pepicello. Pete, he, he's a super, he's a super <laughs> radio just, guy. You I'm know, teasing you. I'm teasing you. Tony's one of my boys. He's a great golfer. Uh, I don't know that I've ever met Dean. Him, you know but, Tony. Uh, they're, I can't. I, I can't cousins. hear his end. Oh, yeah, so. he's at, He's he's talking about Tony Pepicello. Is that a relation? Oh yes. Yep. Yep. Good cousin. Absolutely. Well known. Great guy. Okay. There you go. There you there go. You yeah. go. Anyway, Josh, I don't know what you guys are talking about this ballot. I I voted on a modern 
electronic machine that was very, very impressive in its technology. Okay, it, so, it, so that that produced, is if you choose to use the machine, you can do well, why that. Why wouldn't you choose to use the because machine? Because there's only one per, per polling place, whereas if they okay. hand you the paper – you know, they can handle more people. All you're doing is you're kind of filling out an SAT form. Well, and, and again, with COVID, experience. Pete, you know, who's going to want to touch, you know, a touchscreen uh, deal? People want to have me, the least amount me, of, of contact with, the, well, with electronics, that, right? That's absurd. Um, anyway, I voted on the machine. It was, uh, it was very impressive. It was obviously the most modern technology. It generated a printed form for me with the, uh, not the barcode, but the but other. The uh, circles, right? Yeah. No, no, no circles. The, the other code that you scan. The, the QR code. Yeah, the QR, it generated a QR code. I took it over to another machine, inserted it, and it uh, confirmed my vote. Okay. Easy peasy. No, there was no. Um, I'm just. Uh, I'm just telling you that the, ma- the the majority of the folks that are voting today are are grabbing that sharpie and filling in circles like they're filling out an SAT uh, test uh, or yeah, the scantron. I, yeah, that I don't get. Why? Yeah. Why did they go from? It's to have a paper trail. Yeah, it's to have a paper trail. Well, they have a paper trail. I had a piece of paper printed after I voted. Yeah, I think I, I think they're it. I think they are you know unless you requ- unless you request the electronic deal they're pushing people over to uh, to the to the paper. Pete, yeah. I'm glad that you were able to vote today. We, it was it was a little dicey, but I'm glad you were able to exercise the franchise. Yeah. I'm going to let you go. We'll uh, talk more. See you later, buddy. Okay. Okay. okay sure. <laughs> uh, one more call, caller. You're live with Dean Pepicello and Joel Natale here on Talk Erie. Hey, I was just calling about the voting today. Yeah. Um, yeah, that paper ballot kind of threw me off. Like you said, it's a good thing I turned it over because it wasn't very clear to turn it over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the whole doing that because of COVID, I don't get because I had to grab the pen after the person in front of me and I had to grab the folder to put the ballot in after the person in front of me. Like, okay. I think I more doing that than just touching the screen real quick, you know? Oh my goodness, though, buddy! Seriously, they should—you should have had a clean folder. Number well, in fact, at my at my polling place, there were no folders. Number one, and number two, they should—they should—they they had two um, uh, solo cups, one for the dirty sharpie pens and one for the clean pens. That that sounds like your polling place did not. Uh, Abide by CDC protocols, if you ask me. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, they were. Uh, oh my gosh! Folder things to put them in, and just grabbing pens, and uh, yeah. Now it wasn't a real. I kind of <sighs> wish you could have gotten a thing printed out. You know, you put your paper in, right? Get it scanned. I just kind of wish there was like a thing to print it out. Like, okay, it's how you voted. But yep. Hey, I appreciate you you weighing in. Yep. Thanks so much, uh, uh, and thank you for voting. All righty, uh, we we've got like a, uh, well, we've got a couple minutes here uh, with Dean before we have to take our next break. Dean, I mean, uh, we're hearing from from voters. It it's not the same experience at every precinct, you know. And again, you know, you're this is remarkable how many precincts we have in Erie County. 
and there's varying levels of um, uh, a proficiency, if you will, and training. Is that a training issue that people wouldn't be cleaning pens? Well, I don't know. For the Erie County uh, Elections Board, I- I'm guessing they did the best they could. Um, I-, I can tell you the shout out today to the election workers. I- you understand what they're going through. I mean, I, I had our our building open at 5:30 today uh, for for the our, our election officials um, who, who were there then, uh, and they have to go straight through now until who knows how long tonight, probably 10 or 11 uh, for some of them. No breaks, um, lines of people out the door who've waited and waited in many cases. When they finally get there, I, I don't, I can't speak to the one issue. I'm telling you, we didn't have any issues that I'm aware of that were brought to my attention um, in in the Harbor Creek area. I gotta suspect almost all of these. Things went are going seamless at this point, and it's it's. Let's be fair; it's almost an impossible task today. Put yourself in their shoes. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt that this this is just really really tough tough scenario to deal with this kind of turnout. Again, we're excited that there is this kind of turnout, but it it, you know it's going to be a lot on these uh, on these canvassers. Um, You saw the Judge Trusilla kind of swear in all those uh, new folks. Right. Uh, uh, who were um, who were, uh, you know, added to the to the roles for the for the election office so that they can start opening up those envelopes. It's 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 remarkable. Gosh, guys, it is literally three hours uh, left to what is maybe one of the most consequential elections of our lifetime. And Dean Pepicello is kind of, you know, spelunking with us here. We're, we're on an adventure, Dean, to try to understand what is happening. And so uh, before we go to the news break here at the top of the hour, I want to know, uh, again, you've been through these elections what are you looking for? What what's going to pique your interest? Uh, you know what what precincts for, or you know, you know, like what kind of numbers are you looking at? You know, at nine o'clock and at ten o'clock, because really, as far as the as far as the actual ballots, you know, we'll hear all one hundred and eighty precincts by eleven o'clock, won't we? Uh, we should, you know, assuming there aren't any issues. Um, we, we should. I, I'm looking b- before you get any numbers and well, I know what what the candidates were looking for during the day is turnout in certain precincts. So uh, like I heard from a polling place in Wattsburg and normally the person was number 50 uh, at, at whatever noon and they were number 200. Wow. So that tells me that. Yeah, exactly. So that tells me something. But at the same time, it's only 200 votes. But is that an indication that rural Erie County is really coming out? Um, and I do think when you look nationally, I think Erie County, it could be the number one county in the U.S. tonight as far as indication of what the country may do, because it's it has a Democratic registration advantage. It's a blue county typically. And if early it looks like it's going red, it probably tells you that Michigan and Wisconsin and Ohio might be doing the same thing. Maybe even Minnesota. Who knows? So so there are certain bellwethers you're you're looking at turnout but once you get to 10, 11 o'clock, it's just you're just waiting on the next number. <laughs> what, you're right. What's the next number? You're doing your calculations. You know, what's the what's the precinct that's outstanding? That tends to lean one way or another. But you're just looking at numbers. But early on, you're looking at you're looking at turnout. That's what they're looking at right now. All the campaigns are looking at turnout. What about this concept with the mail in ballots? There's 40 some thousand ballots out there. We're not going to really see concession speeches in 
victory speeches tonight, are we? We'll just see, like, hey, thanks for working for me kind of speeches, especially locally. Well, again, I, I told you, I think that the voters will make, will decide whether or not there are concessions or, or acceptances um, tonight. Probably not just by the sheer number uh, of mail-in ballots and the fact in Erie County, what they couldn't start counting them until today, uh, essentially opening them uh, and doing all of that. So, yeah, in a, in a contested race. That's what you'll see in a race that isn't fairly close. Uh, they'll, they'll, the, the trends aren't going to change. If there's 50,000 mail-in ballots or whatever it is, and uh, just pick a number out of nowhere, 100,000 people vote, the trends aren't going to change in the mail-in ballots. No matter a little, typically Democrats will vote more on the mail-in than Republicans, but they'll, they'll be able to factor that in. They'll have a really good idea at the end of tonight where they stand, whether they say it or not publicly. All right. Yeah. So, again, uh, you know, a lot of people watching that state Senate race, a lot of people. Of course, every race is uh, is important here. Uh, we we at least on my ballot, I only had one uncontested race. But, uh, of course, all eyes are on the president. Here's what Blaine had to say at Grover Cleveland when I talked to him. We're here at uh, Grover Cleveland with Blaze. Uh, what motivates Blaise. you to come to the polls today, Blaze? Um, I love Donald Trump. I love what he's doing for America and want to make it great again. What would you say is the key thing that people need to think about if they're still undecided? Um, everything that Trump's done in his first term uh, is overlooked by all the bad press. Uh, his economic programs plus his foreign policy with the Middle East and peace in the Middle East. He's done a lot. The incumbent for the state Senate District number 49, Senator Dan Laughlin. Uh, uh, Senator Laughlin, uh, how are things going out at the polls there? Uh, can you hear me okay, Joel? Yes. Can you hear me okay, buddy? Yeah, I can. Uh, okay. okay there I just we... want to make sure. Okay, yes, you're fine. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, given the fact that uh, we had so many people uh, do the mail-in ballots this year, I'm I'm stunned at the turnout. Um, almost everywhere we've gone, it's been busy. Um, we're out at uh, the Harbor Creek polling location right now. Peggy and I uh, were just getting out of the truck to, to do a little bit of uh, campaigning here. And uh, I, I'm, I have to tell you, I, I am excited to see this many people activated uh, for an election, regardless of who they're voting for. It's good to see. It, it, re it really is. Uh, I mean, again, uh, whether folks are activated to... Uh, you know, again, the top of the ballot is is the is the eight hundred pound gorilla, right? I mean, you know, there's a lot, lot of motivation. But your your seat here, this state senate seat, has gotten uh, statewide and literally national attention, hasn't it? It has, Joel. And uh, you know, uh, uh, the politics of it. We this seat right here, not we, but uh, the seat that I currently hold. Uh, was one of the most targeted seats in the entire country. And, uh, you know, for better or worse, uh, I think it's great uh, to have Erie County be the, in the national spotlight as, as an important bellwether for how this uh, entire election is going to go. And I'm glad to have played a role in that. Wow. All right. So uh, are there particular precincts or, uh, you know, are you going to be looking at uh, what kind of numbers coming out of the city versus maybe Mill Creek Summit, Harbor Creek? How does this work for you as far as, you know, just kind of what you're looking at after the polls close? Yeah. 
Well, obviously, Joel, with the uh, with the mail-in ballots and and not knowing the results of those, at least not uh, all of them tonight, it's going to be a little bit different than it has been in the past uh, when you're watching uh, results roll in. And uh, so, you know, we have our, our own internal polling kind of guesstimate, if you will, of, of numbers that we have to hit to feel comfortable. Um, but I can tell you. Uh, that from 2016 until now, uh, when we when we polled in 2016, it looked like I was going to get about 35% of the city vote, uh, and it held fairly true to that. And when we polled a week ago, I was running at almost 45% right wow. within the city of Erie, which is a huge number uh, for a Republican. So we're feeling, you know, pretty good. I mean, I don't want people listening to this that are Republicans to just sit home and say, oh, Dan's got it up. But uh, we're pretty confident, and uh, but we'll see if those numbers hold true, you know. How much retail uh, did this take to, uh, this uh, this election season? Again, a lot of people worried about COVID, uh, but uh, there had to be a ground game here that uh, – that worked uh had you know both campaigns had to really engage a ground game because that's what we expect here in erie county is that accurate uh i would say it is joel and uh, you know uh for the people that are listening tonight there's a couple things you need to understand about me Uh, i'm a very competitive person Uh, i started this campaign uh four years ago when i got sworn in and you know i've worked very hard at uh being your senator uh, I think, you know, I think I've done a pretty good job at it. Uh, and then on on a more retail level, uh, we started a year ago on this campaign. Uh, we started sending cards out to voters. Uh, I hired a uh, staff a year ago, and we've been working at this kind of quietly but steadily for about a year. And I think it's paying off. Wow. Okay. The, uh, you know, ag- again, uh, we're not going to expect any victory speeches or concession speeches tonight. Is that accurate, uh, Senator Laughlin? I, I would, yeah, I would say that is that is fairly accurate, Joel. I, I, I'd be stunned if we had results that that would show either one of us a clear uh, victor. You know, tonight. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm I'm hopeful for uh, a good turnout and uh, good results, but uh, I would be doubtful that by the time most of us want to go to bed that we would know. Okay. And uh, uh, wh- what about, the, you know, the the Trump rat? I mean, like, what do, what's your take? Again, as kind of a political junkie yourself, what do you, what do you take about the uh, presidential race here? This is remarkable stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think the polling, Joel, you know, was off a little bit in 2016. Everybody likes to talk about that. Uh, but what what I have seen, no, and people need to understand, we polled in January, uh, so we polled, you know, what ten months ago, whatever it is, uh, and the president was down, it, just in my district, obviously that's what we were polling, right. uh, was down almost twenty points, uh, and then we polled again in June, and he was down about twelve, and then when we polled two weeks ago. He was only down four. So the the momentum uh, for President Trump has been picking up. And and then when I went to bed last night, the last thing I did was flip the news on just for a little quick, you know, uh, see how the election stuff is going. 
And uh, and, I, and I I believe it was CNN that I flipped on where they said the president uh, was now only down like two in Pennsylvania. So he's he's certainly had the momentum, uh, if you will, picking up. Uh, but I think I think it's going to be razor thin, just like it was in 2016. I I would not doubt Joel if it's almost an exact mirror image, you know, plus or minus you know, on who who takes the state, but it's, I think it's going to be an extremely thin margin again. And we won't know who won at the top of the ticket in Pennsylvania, I don't think, for maybe till Friday. I, I would tend to agree. Well, best of luck yeah. to you, Senator Laughlin. I, I know it's been a, a, a kind of a grueling campaign uh, turned – pretty negative pretty early and that that's it's unfortunate yeah. to hear but uh uh you know we you know again uh you know i know you had a lot of people wor- really working hard on your behalf yeah well, both candidates did Joel. yes I'll tell absolutely you, uh, you know i i would say this to to the folks that are listening uh you know sometimes political campaigns get a little muddy like that uh i don't really take it personally i hope i hope the other side doesn't and, uh, you know, just uh, if you haven't voted yet, uh, I, I would suggest you get out and do it because this is going to be an historic election. And, uh, you know, I'd hate to wake up tomorrow and not have voted and say, you know, you got four years to talk about it and not being a part of it. So, I, I totally agree, sir. Totally agree. Hey, take care of yourself. Yeah. Thanks so much for checking in. Again, best wishes to you. Thank you, Joel. Everybody have a good night. All righty, sir. All right, let's uh, let's check in with Dean Pepicello. He is uh, live with us here. Dean, I think we have another candidate on the line, but I want to check in with you here, sir. Um, again, you heard, uh, you might have heard a bit of uh, what Senator Laughlin said. Um, again, uh, he's been working for re-election here, you know, full full bore for the last year. Uh, it takes that kind of uh, organization and investment to make it happen, doesn't it? Yeah, um, it's a it's a big county, number one, just in terms of, uh, of geography and miles. Uh, and then when you're essentially in, in the minority party, I'll say as far as registration, uh, and he's done a really good job, really, of, of kind of understanding the area, uh, I think. And that, that's been important. I think he's, he's done so many things that people would think was delivered for Erie. But yeah, those two things, the geography and the fact that you're essentially uh, running an uphill battle, uphill battle as far as registration, make it a very difficult climate for a Republican, for sure. Let's grab another call. Uh, hi, you're live with Joel Natalie here on Talk Erie. Hey, just checking in as requested today, Joel. How <laughs> yes. are you? How are you doing, Phil? Uh, Good. So, uh, go ahead. So here's what I can tell you from my end. Uh, uh, me and Heidi went up to vote. We I picked her up after work a quarter to five, drove up to Bill Fair and Heider's little church there. Walked right in, uh, no waiting. I was home by five after five. Okay, so, it went uh, that fast. No wow. lines there, but I can tell you, I did ask. Uh, they're at seventy percent so far. There, seventy percent of the of the registered voters in your yep. in your precinct. Yep. Unbelievable! Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I thought you'd appreciate that piece of news. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Uh-huh. Well, well yep. do you are, do you think that you're we're going to have uh, a settled feeling tonight, or is this going to Friday at least? Unfortunately, our state is going to be the stink hole of the whole thing. <laughs> I think you're right. 
Oh my gosh, I think you're right. Hey Phil, thank I, you. Sorry for being so inarticulate, but yeah, <laughs> I think. But you you hit it on the head. Thanks so much, buddy. We'll uh, we'll All talk right. to you soon. All right. right. All right. You too. Uh, one more call, caller. You're live with Joel Natale here. It's uh, election night. How are you doing? Hey Joel, Brian Shank. I snuck up on you for the number you don't know. <laughs> you did. I I see that. We've got we've got our. Um, uh, another East Side expert on the air here, uh, Dean Pepicello. All right, so Brian, uh, what are you seeing? As you, I saw you on television, you're making your rounds. What are you seeing? I'm talking about just amazing turnouts. I mean, when they're when they're thirty, forty, fifty people deep, it's amazing. It's better than getting a thirty percent turnout rate, like you guys were talking about. I was listening to you guys earlier, actually. So. Yeah. Yeah. Paying attention to my, my guys and making sure Dean's on track. Um, I haven't been inside yet, so I'm not really sure what they're doing in there. But it hasn't been that much different than any other year. Um, I am a little concerned about how they're going to do all the mail-in voting and all that. Um, and I think it may have scared off a few voters, but my experience has been pretty much the same, which is awesome. All right, awesome. And do you have, like, any concerns for election night? I know there's a lot of confusion on if it's gonna the votes are going to be all be in tonight or not. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm supporting Trump, so I feel that as though um, if Biden wins, it's going to be decided very quickly. But if Trump wins, you're not going to know for another four years. So um, it's going to be a little interesting on how that works. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of drama that nobody's looking forward to with all of that. Um, but all in all, I think it'll be taken care of, and I'm, I'm not too overly concerned about it. That's that's Hunter again. He's obviously a Edinburgh student. Dean Pepicello, I want to talk to you about generations because uh, typically, you know, they say that you know you have a ton of extra vote for those fifty plusers. But what I saw at the polls were a lot of millennials and a lot of Gen Zers. Uh, what what what's your take on young uh, the younger enthusiasm for going to the polls? I think it's really typical in presidential years and just it'd be incredibly you have to really be connected with politics at that age to show up in off year elections. Again, right. you're, you're looking, you just heard the fair view. Do what are we talking? Seventy five percent. I think that number's attainable today. And twenty five percent is all but guaranteed next year. And all of these races that affect people even more than the presidency, they're just not as sexy. They don't get all the attention. So. Yeah, the millennials will, will come today. Uh, how they vote, I, I don't know. You know, Trump is this, he, he's such an engaging figure. Again, you don't have to like him, but he gets that whole, I think it's one of the reasons the rallies, I think it's a lot more than politics with his rallies. It's entertainment. Uh, it's like a rock concert, for goodness sakes. Mm. Um, I think that is attractive to young people. Does that mean they'll vote for him? I don't know that. Um, so yeah, they're engaged and they'll come out and you won't see them again for four years. <laughs> and that's just not being critical. That's just the math is that's how it works out, you know? Right. Right. Wow. Um, the, I think they'll be split Joel. I, I think they'll be split. I do. I think they tend to lean, uh, more to the, to the left typically as young people. Um, but I bet they'll be split in this election. And if they are, that that will be bad news for Biden if that's the case. Yeah, well, I saw we, a clip we definitely saw. Well, I was going to say we definitely saw a lot of uh, young folks at the at the Trump rally on the twentieth. I mean, so you have that again. That's anecdotal. But uh, you know, for example, my my daughter drove seventy miles to do her in person ballot today because she needed to vote. 
That's fan. Yeah, that's fantastic. And my my kid just turned eighteen and got to vote in his first election. So he was he was fired up. I mean, he registered at twelve oh one a.m. the day he turned eighteen, and you know couldn't wait to get there today. And he's like, "What is this paper ballot? What's wrong with you, old people? Can't you figure it out?" You know, you, <laughs> oh my you god! Draw lines. I mean, what's going on? So. <laughs> oh my word! Yeah. How about? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you got to hear much of uh, Senator Laughlin, but. Uh, you know, uh, again, he he had put his hat off for for both campaigns of just how they were able to engage many many volunteers, and it really takes that kind of engagement to make it happen, doesn't it? It does. The, the number of volunteers on both sides has been incredible and typical. That is in in presidential years. The the Trump ground game it was far greater than I ever thought. Um, I mean, we had a number of people at our door, not candidates, but people just doing lit drops and. And, and whatever, I could not believe the presidential ground game. I'm sure it was the same on the other side, although I hear it wasn't quite as optimistic, I guess. Um, but I can tell you, I, I was really stunned at the Trump ground game. I think three separate people came to my door and we're on kind of this off street. You know, we're not in this big neighborhood where there's 400 homes and you, know, you can do all kinds of, you know, meet so many people in a short order. So um, they found a way, you know, they found a way to have the ground game work. How about how about these mail drops? And I, I know they're hugely expensive. I don't know if you've ever had to do that for, for Harbor Creek Supervisor. And again, you're just looking at your you know footprint there. But to to drop in a state senate race, the number of times that they've done so, you know, and it's coming from either the Democrat uh, state party or the Republican party. I mean, that's got to be sixty, seventy grand a pop. Have you ever one time in your life either thought to yourself or had someone say to you, man, I got this mailer and it changed my life. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to vote for this candidate because of this mailer. Have you ever had that happen in your life? And no. And in fact, I got one yesterday that totally ticked me off because it was claiming that my wife and I had not voted in a long time. And, and it was like total f- uh, fake news, if you will. And I, I posted it, you know, it's like, and it's pointing people to votespa.com. So I'm like, if the state sent this out claiming that I was missing in action, that fries me because that's my taxpayer money. Hold on a second. Let's see uh, who else is on the line here. Uh, hi, caller. You're live with Joel Natale on election night. Hi, Joel. It's Christy Genevis. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad that you were able to check in, Christy. Uh, how are things going there on on the uh, you know at the polls here? I know you were you started down south and made your way north. Are you already in Erie County yet? Yes. Yeah, so I got to Erie a few hours ago and just been uh, visiting polling locations and checking in with voters and and the poll workers and uh, and greeting people and making sure that they uh, feel good and confident to vote. Are you are you uh, are you amazed at the turnout even after all of that mail in? I actually am very amazed, uh, especially at the very start of the day. I you know, like you said, I started down in Butler, and you know, the first stop that I went to down in Cranberry. I mean, the lines were wrapped around the building and through the parking lot. Uh, you know, it was a what I was told at the end was about a two hour wait. So wow. incredible, and it sounds like it was like that throughout the whole district. So. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, everybody is motivated to to vote for their candidates. So, uh, again, the strategy, if you're going to win PA 16, is the Democrat has to come out of Erie County with a with a super surge. We're not going to really know what that surge looks like until Friday. Is that accurate, Christy? 
You know, yeah, we're we're even hopeful to know a little bit more by Thursday. I mean, we're being optimistic that we'll have a better understanding by then. Um, you know, we know that Erie's working hard to get votes counted, uh, and uh, Lawrence is actually really on top of it. They we were told that we would have results, you know, pending following uh, ballots coming in um, tonight from Lawrence. So you know, we're getting them fairly quickly, uh, regardless of the you know the complicated process. Um, so I'm actually even hopeful to know by Thursday. Did you put any burrs under the saddle of uh, Butler County there? I heard they weren't even going to start uh, their canvassing of the mail-ins until tomorrow. Yes, I, I've heard a, a conflicting thing. The last thing I heard is that they were going to start counting uh, today. So unless that's changed, and it's possible, you know, um, you know, I can. I, I, we are definitely checking back in. But we are told that they are going to start counting today. But the, the thing that we're not sure of is whether they're going to start reporting today. So some, right. some places are going to start the counting process, but they might not report. So um, that's the impression that we're getting is they're counting but may not be reporting. Chrissy, I got just a minute here. What what would you want to yeah. say to your volunteers? Uh, I mean, th- this is this is a team effort, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, this is incredibly grassroots. I, you know, I never in a, you know, a million years thought that this is where I'd be running for Congress. And uh, I'm just so proud of the campaign that we put together. I'm so proud of my two girls right now that are helping me. Uh, they're in the campaign office. Um, uh, my mom and all the volunteers that have stepped up, stepped up because they believe that a teacher and a cancer survivor and a mother belongs in Congress representing the folks here of Western PA. So I'm just so incredibly proud and thankful to all the help I've uh, been uh, been given during this campaign. There's still two and a half hours. If, if you haven't voted, this is the time to do it, right? Absolutely. Uh, I know a lot of people are getting out of work, and uh, you know I'm at a polling location in the, in the car right now, and there's not a lot of lines. Um, so now is the time to get there because I do think that we're going to start seeing some lines here in the next half hour or so. All right, Krista Ganebis, the Democratic candidate for PA-16 of the U.S. Congress. Thank you so much for checking in. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All righty. Uh, we've got uh, uh, less than a minute. We've got to bring Dino back for our, our final, final. Uh, Dean, uh, how late are you staying up tonight? No, I'm going to bed. I'm, <laughs> I'm not this again. I mean, I'm getting old, for goodness sakes. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm going to go to bed. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll deal with it in the morning. <laughs> I'm going to listen to you tonight. So I'm looking forward to what you guys have to offer. Yeah. I, I yeah, we'll, we'll have a, a all-star team there with Hugh Hewitt, uh, as the anchor. And again, we'll be weighing in. You've been listening to the Joel Natale show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from talkerie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at talkerie.com.